0: Hey Peacekeepers, welcome back to another episode. I know it has been like three or four weeks since I've published a new episode and I will tell you in a second right after our usual message from our sponsor eva's bell bonds where their licensed professionals are available 24 7 7 days a week they work hard to make your experience as fast and convenient as possible their goal is to help reunite families across the state of idaho safely and effectively payment payments are available Se habla espanol Give them a call and let them help you at 208-312-3660. Again, that is 208-312-3660. And if you are local to Idaho, remember that they have an office in the Twin Falls area, but they are willing to travel for you all across the state of Idaho. So that's pretty cool. If you're ever in any trouble, just remember that phone number, 208-312-3660. Give them a call and they will do their best to help you out as best as they can. Also, before I continue with what we are going to be talking about today, remember that we also have a second sponsor now, which is Hollywood Luxe Lash, which is a super bougie eyelash (laughs) eyelash company. And... Literally, I say this every single time, but you guys know that I love my eyelashes to be bigger than my face. And if they don't go past my eyebrows, I don't want to talk to them. (laughs) But literally, these eyelashes are amazing. They're good quality. They are beautiful. They come in packs of threes. They have so many different styles. They are so versatile and you are literally going to love them. Styles like Billionaire, Scandal, West Hollywood, Sunset Boulevard, and Prestigious. So if you want to order yourself a pair of some beautiful, affordable eyelashes, go to hollywoodluxlash.com So guys, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Um, I... (laughs) Um, well, since you guys know I have a, a lot of bad luck in my life, um... I experienced another loss in my, not only in my life, but as well as in my family. Um, About three, three weeks ago, we got the news that a very close cousin of mine that I grew up with, we were literally like four months apart in age, like it was always just me and him and another one of our cousins because we were, all three of us were four months apart in age and (laughs) it's, um really shocking and heartbreaking and this is one of the losses that i have had the hardest bouncing back from um normally when things like this happen i am able to just like get up and go you know but um this one's been really hard so i hope you guys understand and are still with me here and still want to hear content, even though sometimes I disappear because I need to be easier on myself. I need to remind myself that I am in fact human and it's okay to take a break from things if life becomes too much to handle. So, the title probably gave it away, I'm sure, (laughs) but... Not only am I doing this for me, but I am also doing this because the holidays are right around the corner. I know we just passed Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving was really, really hard, um, in, in, in and of itself, you know, because I mean, we experienced a loss in the family and then we had to pretend that we were, (laughs) you know, ready to be around each other and pretend like it didn't happen. But, um... I know that there are a lot of people who experience grief around the holidays because loved ones that just aren't here, you know, and it's really hard. So I wanted to dedicate an entire episode surrounded by grief because I myself am very awful when it comes to um, letting, letting myself grieve. Um, I've never really been able to my whole life and I've tried, and when I do try, I feel like people expect me to kind of just bounce back and just be ready to go, you know, ever since um, I had experienced my first loss with a friend from suicide, I remember my dad telling me to just, like, get over it, and, you know, like, it's fine, and I'm like, it's not fine, though, so ever since that moment, I've had a lot of trouble, Allowing myself to grieve. And I know that there's a lot of other humans in this life that also struggle with grief. And today, while I was like researching and stuff, I found that there are actually 12 steps of grieving instead of the, the normal five. So I decided to give you guys the 12 because it makes more sense to me than the just five, you know, the basic five. The 12 really go into depth and I am going to go through each one of them. Remember that you guys aren't alone, and if I sound a little rough, I mean it's been like three or four weeks since I've recorded, yeah, but literally I have this lump in my throat recording this right now, and a bitch just kind of wants to lay down and cry, but (laughs) But, um, it's time to release another episode, so (laughs) here we go. The first step is recovered Recover from a loved one's death requires more than time. So if we allow ourselves time to mourn, then we can gradually break up grief into different steps and then we are able to kind of value the process that allows us to accept death. And of course, everybody says that acceptance is a major step in recovery. And To this day, I still find it hard, like, whether it be years, months, days, to accept when people are gone. Not really, like, accept it, because obviously when they're gone, they're gone. Like, there's no bringing them back. But I find it hard to accept the reasons behind why they felt the need to be gone. So that's my issue, like... Like, I understand, like, especially coming from me, I'm the most understanding person when it comes to things like that, because everybody knows, like, I don't want to be live but like, I try my best, you know, <laughs> but I don't understand why I, I feel like I want to know why other people felt the need to no longer be on this earth, you know, but that's just because I want to try and control everything, but life always puts me in my place and shows me that I cannot. Also, I should mention that this is from um, dannystoll.com, 12 steps in grief process. (coughs) The second one that we need to remember is that grief is universal and that people who grieve are different and people will grieve differently. I know that is literally the same sentence, but in different, (laughs) in different forms, but i'm trying to get my point across here so (laughs) grieving follows a pattern but each griever will experience it differently so what that means basically i'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory but i told myself i'd try to go into depth with these because it's important for me it's important for you guys and we both need to really Break it down and analyze and accept and absorb it because these times are hard. But the 12 steps of grief don't necessarily mean that you're going to go one through 12. Some people are going to go like three, two, twelve, eleven, nine, or some people are going to go five, four, six, eight, two, one, all the way to 12 or whatever until they finish the 12. And that's okay. If you get angry before you get sad, that's fine. You grieve how you need to grieve and it's going to be okay. The next one is that shock initiates us into mourning. We go numb when someone we love dies. We feel stunned in a trance and this is nature's way of cushioning us against tragedy. The length and depth of the state varies according to our relationship. The cause of death, whether it was sudden or expected, etc. Shock allows us time to absorb what has happened and to begin to adjust. The guidance of caring people will sustain new grievers. As numbness wears off and acceptance grows, we regain control of the direction of our lives. And I think that I may still be in a numbing state. After all this, like, there are times where I'll just be driving to work or something and then I'll just start crying. Like, I'll think about it and then I'll start crying. But the rest of the day, I'll be fine. And, like, I won't feel a thing. But there are other times where, like, I'll just be sitting there. And then, the like, the sadness just consumes me for a second. Because then I remember that, like, hey, <laughs> like you're not numb over here, sis. Like, you need to feel something. And then I will just get so overwhelmingly sad (laughs) I have to laugh because literally I will sit here and cry and so laughing I know it's an unhealthy coping mechanism but it's literally all I got like (laughs) I I am struggling and I'm not gonna lie like your girl is tired she is sad and um I'm trying my best but uh (laughs) Sometimes everything feels so hopeless and I feel very stuck and confused and this isn't a feel this isn't a podcast about my feelings I know but <laughs> I'm like you guys are my only friends <laughs> anyway the next step is that grief causes depression which, unfortunately, really sucks because I already have chronic depression, so on top of grief depression, I feel like there is an anchor on my chest, and I feel like I'm dragging my feet in the mud. But, grievers typically, in very varying degrees, experience loneliness and depression. Being alone need not result in loneliness. Reaching out to others is a key way to lessen loneliness and to overcome depression. But for me, when I grieve, I would definitely rather be alone, even though they say that's not good. Um, It's just easier for me that way. TBH. Number five is that grief is hazardous hazardous to our health. The mental and emotional upset of a loss by death causes physical distress and vulnerability to illnesses. Grievers sometimes neglect healthy, healthy nourishment and exercise. Overdulging in drinking, smoking, or medication. We might need a doctor's advice in regard to our symptoms, their causes, and their treatment. So with me, when I grieve, I have a bad habit of not eating. Like, I just won't get hungry because I will become so consumed in sadness that eating is hard when you're not hungry, you know? Like, if you're not hungry, you don't want to eat and so when i grieve like i just don't eat and i also break out everywhere which is not good because i literally just got a new tattoo right on my arm and i am filled with red little bumps all over my body all over my face um Like a week after I had found out, my entire face, like my chin area, sorry if this is too much information, was literally covered in just redness, blemishes, like I was, I was bad. (laughs) It was really bad. And still to this day, almost three weeks later, I still have bumps all over my face, all over my stomach, my legs, my arms, my back, like... It's going to take a hot minute for you to feel better, but remember that you need to take care of your health as best you can and try not to let it consume you. Number six, grievers need to know they're normal. The death of a loved one makes the future very uncertain. We might panic in the face of the unknown and fear life without the one who died. Panic prevents concentration and defers acceptance of the finality of death. It tempts us to run from life to avoid people, and refuse to try new things. We might even think we're going crazy. Patience with ourselves and a willingness to accept help enable us to subdue panic and outgrow its confusion. And I think I really need to hear that one simply because everything feels like I'm just on a... into like a a downward spiral of not knowing what's happening in my life. So... This is just a normal thing and hopefully one day i'll get over it number seven is grievers suffer guilt feelings of course many blame themselves after a loved one's death for the death itself or for faults in the relationship we have all made mistakes and sincere regret is the best response to them however self-reproach out of proportion to our behavior affects our mental health and impedes our recovery close friends or a trusted counselor aid us in confronting and dealing with guilt feelings, whether justified or exaggerated. And I definitely am suffering feelings of guilt um, simply because I feel like I was not there for him enough like I should have been. Um, I should have checked up on him more. I should have tried to see him more. Um... I had no idea that he was at a point where he felt the same way I did, like consumed him sadness and stuff. Um, so there is definitely an overwhelming amount of guilt. Number eight, grief makes people angry. People in grief naturally ask why. Why him? Why me? Why now? Why like this? Most of these questions have no answers. Frustration, the French, the (laughs) French. (laughs) Here we go with the bad talking. Frustration then causes us to feel resentment and anger. We want somebody to blame. God, doctors, clergy, ourselves, even the one who died. If we can accept the lack of answers to why, we might begin to ask instead, what can we do now to grow through what has happened? Then we have to start to move beyond anger and towards hope. And my first reaction when I heard this I wasn't angry at him, but I was angry as to why it had to be him. He was just, he was a beautiful human. And it just pissed me off so bad that out of all people, it had to be him, you know? So yes, I was angry for like the first three days, maybe. But I mean, what else can we do? You know, if he's gone, me being mad, me being sad, me being angry, upset, anything will not bring him back. So, you know, number nine is emotional upheaval character characterizes grievers. A loved one's death disrupts emotional balance. The variety intensity of feelings seem overwhelming. Other grievers and counselors can help us interpret and deal with these feelings. As we come to understand what we experience, we can find appropriate ways to ventilate our emotions and to channel them constructively. And that is really why I feel the need to, I don't know, try and do more with my life, maybe work more. Because a big part of the reason as to why I haven't been recording so frequently is because most of you know that I do work two jobs and... I'm just trying hard to not really distract myself, but to feel like I am not stuck. Number 10. Grievers often lack direction and purpose. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) Uh, It's so hard to explain because on top of grief making you lack direction and purpose, I already in my life, outside of grief, outside of bad things happening, outside of everything else, already feel like I lack direction and a purpose, so having grief to pile that on me is so fucking overwhelming, like, I can't even explain it. <laughs> At times in the grieving process, a kind of drifting occurs, mourners find familiar familiar and assess necessary activities difficult we prefer to daydream about what was or fantasize about what might have been if we can foster gratitude for the past and begin to assess our potential for the future this will prove a passing phase not a permanent state and that is definitely what i'm striving towards so that i can stop having this damn lump in my throat every time i talk about this <laughs> the womb not the womb the wound is still very fresh and um i feel i don't know i feel bad because i'm like it's been three weeks already like you should be fine but i know that grieving has no time limit and there's no i know i'm gonna be sad about this forever like but i still feel like i owe the people around me um myself before this happened, you know, my version of myself before all of this happened. And I know that I'm supposed to be like allowing myself to grieve because that's literally what this whole podcast is about. But I also feel like I have a responsibility to everyone else to be fine, you know? Number 11 is the healing brings hope to grievers. I fucking hope so. (laughs) It takes time and effort, but gradually hopes dawn for be re be what is that? B e r e a v e d people. <laughs> we learn to express emotions without embarrassment or apology. We cherish memories, bittersweet though they are. We begin to feel concern for and show interest in others. We make decisions and assume responsibly for ourselves. The example of the recovered grievers help us discover and develop our own potential, which is. The kind of hope I am definitely searching for, and I am hoping will eventually come soon. 12. Survivors reaffirm themselves and choose life. Eventually, grievers recognize and embrace a healing truth. Grief has changed me, but not destroyed me. Ooh, that was heavy. That was hard not to cry. Okay. <laughs> I've discovered new things about myself. I can build on strengths, develop through adversity. I'm no longer my old self, but I'm still me. I face the future with confidence. Life is worth living because I can love and be loved. Why do they have to have me all up in my feelings like this? (laughs) But it's true. I mean, just because one thing happens does not mean that we don't deserve to be happy or we don't deserve to be loved or find love or do whatever the hell it is that we need to do for ourselves. You know, you don't owe anybody anything and you got to do whatever makes you happy. Because if you're so constantly just pleasing everybody else, what about you? Where does that leave you? It leaves you in the same place as everybody else who can handle this life. Six feet underground. So, or if you want to get cremated in a tree somewhere. (laughs) Just do whatever makes you happy. And I know a lot of those decisions to make yourself happy will hurt others in the end. Just... Do what you got to do for you. You don't owe anybody a damn thing in this life, even if they think you do. But I just, I don't know, you guys. I'm just trying my best over here. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to talk about kind of some physical effects that grief can have on you, despite uh, me already talking about me breaking out. Um, It can also give you headaches, which which I have been really feeling a lot lately. Like, it sucks. (laughs) Dry mouth, chest pain, shortness of breath, nausea, stomach pain, fatigue, and less appetite. So make sure that you are drinking water. You are just doing your best to eat something, even if it's something small, just a little snack. And... Make sure that you are checking in with people you love because this world is so scary and it's sad and it's full of hurt, but I think it's got potential. I can't even say I think it's got potential to be a good one, but like I can pretend, right? Speak it into existence. (laughs) You guys, I'm so sorry for being gone. Well, no, I shouldn't even apologize because you have been saying that i say sorry too much so i what's a better term for that what's a better term than saying i'm sorry uh i hope you all didn't miss me too much how about that (laughs) but i missed you guys and i am thankful for all of you that have been staying i got my spotify wrapped recap thingy for 2020 and it's really cool to know that my voice was heard in 16 different countries so thank you guys for sticking around and <sighs> thanks for just being my people and for doing your best to be here still despite everything that's been going on i hope that you guys are being safe and that you are wearing your masks remember to stay peaceful stay passionate take care of yourself Make sure that you stay home. If you don't have to go out, then don't go out. And if you do have to go out, wear your masks. Watch your children. It's getting scary out here with all the nonsense that's been going on. And drink water. Stay hydrated. Check on your loved ones. Tell your mom you love her. <laughs> or... or Tell your dad you love him, your grandma, your grandpa, some aunts, some uncles. Make sure that you are taking time for yourself. Give yourself a face mask, dye your hair. I don't know. Give yourself an hour to get on TikTok and watch all those dumb TikTok videos. <laughs> but remember, we're on all the social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Patreon at Passions Our Peace Podcast. You can send me a Gmail or a request at Passions or Peace Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. And as always most importantly thank you guys for coming back and listening despite all the breaks all the nonsense and all the trauma that's been happening in my life i appreciate you guys remember to stay peaceful stay passionate i love you and i will see you in the next one bye